Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. It's delicious, too. Today is Monday, November 4th, and the birthday of my first love, Kevin writes. Happy birthday, Kev. I don't know if you listen to those podcasts or not, but we are um, still in touch from time to time. I know he reads my books and so forth. So, yeah, happy birthday. Hope that for those of you doing NaNoWriMo, that's going well. I'm just going to throw out a a little bit for you today. I don't think I have a whole lot to say today in general, but my point for today is that pantsing a book, writing a book without an outline or a detailed plot is a leap of faith. And that, like all leaps, it comes with a sense of risk. So I think if you are four days into this now, or if you are embarking on a bigger writing project longer term and trying this method of Um, giving yourself over to creative flow, it is perfectly reasonable for it to go badly some days. And it is absolutely reasonable to feel panicked or afraid or depressed. Um, I certainly go through a lot of flailing like that. And I think that the temptation is when you hit those points where you worry that the story is not going well, when you feel the angst, um, I think it's tempting to, that's when people go and say, oh, I really need to learn how to pre-plot. And instead, what you need to do is write anyway. Just keep going forward and write anyway. An interview question I get asked a lot is, how I deal with writer's block. And I'm one of those people who says, I just don't believe in writer's block. And I know people who struggle with writer's block get really irritated by this reply. But there are certainly times when I hit walls in the writing. There are times, I call them the tooth-pulling days, when it feels like every word is pulling a tooth. There are days where... It's like laying bricks, which is one of my favorite analogies from Neil Gaiman. You know, that writing a novel is a process of laying bricks. And there are times when it feels that tedious. You're just laying things down brick by brick by brick. All of these things are perfectly fine. I think there's this pervasive idea that we're supposed to feel wonderful while we're writing. All the time feel wonderful. You know, and and you... Long-term listeners know that I, sorry about that, hit the microphone. Long-term listeners know that I um, complain 
often about the advice that, you know, like, if you're bored, your reader will be bored too. Or if you're not feeling the sadness of the scene or the sexiness of the scene, then you you haven't gotten it. Your reader won't feel it either. And I think that's really just a lot of bullshit. Uh, the experience of the writer is totally different than the experience of the reader. And laying down the bricks of the story, plunging forward and trusting in that flow, trusting in the creative process to put the story down is, is key. That's, um, it, it's what is required in writing a novel. So don't worry about if you're feeling despair or fear or any of those things, keep going forward. When I hit a wall in my writing, I keep writing. Usually to me, hitting those big slowdowns, hitting those places where it feels like it's not working, presages a breakthrough. And I know a lot, a lot of writers say, oh, when they hit that point, they know that they've gone the wrong direction and they're like in a blind alley and it means they need to go back and, and you know, ditch those pages and rewrite. I don't do that. I never do that. I always write forward because I don't think there is a blind alley. I think those are false walls. I think that they are barriers that are requiring you to chip through them. And inevitably, every time I've hit one of those stalling places, I have come out the other side with something truly amazing. And always the things that readers pick out as their favorite parts. So... It's difficult because this is where that desire to fix things to make it better comes in. But instead, keep going forward. Trust in the story. Exhibit that faith. And I think we do this in all parts of our lives. That one thing about life in general is we don't get to go back and edit, right? You know, we might want to. We might wish that we could go back and change some choices in our lives. Wish we could unsay some things we said. Those things you think about it when you wake up at 3 in the morning. <laughs> you think, why did I say that thing 30 years ago? Uh, I think that one thing that's difficult or that's a challenge about being a human being is that we have to accept that even our mistakes have made us who we are. That that terrible thing we said stuck with us because it it altered something that we did going forward. We learn from doing that. We learn from feeling those things. Um, you know, there are, you know, I, I wish I had not spent so many years on the PhD. <laughs> <laughs> no physiology that I didn't use. Um, and yet, it has definitely shaped me. I, I had lunch with a, an old college friend a couple of years ago. She and her family were coming through Santa Fe, and her daughter was just heading off to college, and her daughter was asking me about being a writer and some different stuff like that. And she asked me what my degrees were in. 
And I said, well, Dad, in college, I was a double major in biology and religious studies. And my graduate work was zoology, physiology, specializing in neuroethology. And my college, her mother said, and now she doesn't use any of it at all. And, and I was like, really? Really? In fact, I, I replied, I, I was somewhat irritated that she presumed to say that we were not super close friends. But I was like, oh, that's a big assumption. But I immediately contradicted her. And I said, no, that's not true at all. First of all, one of my very favorite professors in college, um, Professor Hodges, who was my religious studies advisor, who described himself as a non-practicing Orthodox Jew, for those of you who get that joke, he said that the whole point of a college education was to teach you how to learn for the rest of your life and that you could tell how well people had absorbed their college educations by what they read and learned and explored after college. Um, which comes back to another quote, and I don't know who said it, that, um, hi, Jackie boy, that education is not so much filling of a bucket as lighting a fire. And I think that's really important. So in some ways, I mean, I think that's why a liberal arts education is a great education, because it exposes you to so many different kinds of thought. It's learning critical thinking. It's learning how to absorb more knowledge. And as far as my graduate degree, even though there's part of me that feels like I wasted those years, that I could have used those years to do something else, I also believe that there's a reason I did that. I learned a lot from my graduate school experience, not necessarily about neuroscience. I learned a lot about neuroscience too, but I learned a lot about academia and I learned a lot about myself and it changed my understanding of the world. And, and this is what I said to my friend Felicia when she said, and you don't use any of it at all. I said, no, that's not true at all. I, I use it all the time. I, all, you know, when people ask me research that I do for my novels and world building and all that kind of thing, I don't have to look up that much stuff because it's all there. I, I spent a lot of years studying a lot of things about ecology and physiology and sensory processing. So I think that the idea that we could go back and edit our lives and revise is tempting and yet every single step, every single mistake has brought us to who we are now. And if we're not happy with who we are now, then we should change that, take some steps to change that. But it's not going back and revising is going to do that. It's going forward that will do that. And I believe writing is much the same way, that we have to just keep going forward in the story. If, if it ends up being a blind alley, which I, I'm just not sure I believe that there is such a thing as a blind alley. I think there are paths the story wants to take that the writer decides against, uh, wants to control. You can always change it in revision. And there have certainly been times, I will say this, that I have 
discovered something new on the other side of a wall that has made me go back and adjust previous things in the story. I've never really had to like completely eliminate an entire plot line, but I think that's because the story's growth is so, or- so organic for me because I write beginning to end. And I think our lives are are organic in the same way. Uh, you know, there's if you if you do follow the idea of the Tao or any other guiding principle, if you are in harmony with the universe, then things will go the way that they're supposed to go. Even if consciously you feel like, no, this is not a thing I wanted, I do think that there are reasons why we go through the things that we go through. So, I am working away on the fate of the Tala. I think uh, pretty much everyone has seen the cover reveal now. I did put it on the podcast yesterday and on the blog. So, everybody knows that the heroine now is Andy. Yay! Uh, That's coming back around full circle. When I figured out that that's who the protagonist could be, that was one of those spine-tingling moments. Uh, And she affords a whole lot of things. Some of you know that I considered for a while doing like um, multiple points of view because this is a story that's taking place on a number of fronts. But fortunately, Andy with her, because she's a sorceress, she can see lots of different places at once. So, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, The challenge that I have been hinting at is that with this romantic arc uh, that Andy and Rafe have been married for a couple of years. And I think this is the first time that I have taken a couple that were pretty solid in their marriage with each other and looked at the ways that it is not strong and generated, I don't think I generated, um, allowed the, I don't know, the the cracks on the foundation to show because Andy and Rafe did marry each other as, you know, filling an old bargain um, to stop a war. It was a marriage of state. And that's different than coming together because you love somebody. So, and then there's all the pressures of the war and Andy's pregnant. Those of you who've been reading along with the series know that. And the teller are weird about pregnancy. You know, they have that whole um, sort of species level anxiety about pregnancy and babies. And so there's all sorts of things that are very difficult for her. She's sort of battling the high priestess of Dare, her nemesis. It's It's been an interesting book to write. But I think I'm a couple weeks away from finishing this draft. I've um, nearly passed 60,000 words at this point. I'm pretty steadily going at 3,000 words a day. So, had a good weekend. I did not do whole lot. Oh, I, I did mean to tell you all that uh, my vinyasa yoga practice Saturday morning, I felt like I had a good practice. The teacher didn't tell me I had a good practice, but I felt like I had a good practice. 
she was having us work with the concepts of steadiness and ease, and that really helped. Um, I'm still made myself sore, but it's it's good sore. It feels like it's really working my body in good ways. And I was very amused because I think I'm going to try to go to an Iyengar yoga class tomorrow, and I put it on my Google calendar so I'd remember, and autocorrect changed it to Avengers yoga. <laughs> ah, oops, I almost dropped the phone there. So I, I, now I can't unsee it. As I, it's Avengers yoga to me now. We'll see. I feel like I could use a little bit more alignment and elasticity, which is what the Iyengar promises. But it's also a 12.45 p.m. class, and which means I'd probably have to finish my words after it, and I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see how things go tomorrow morning. So I'm going to sign off. I've already done an hour's worth of writing, so I'm going to go get another hour's worth now. And letting you know that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all again tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.